I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And we're a gay. And his NB. Episode number 27. Thank you guys so much for joining us for another episode of A Gay and His NB as we talk all things that we are watching on television this week. Uh, like I said, thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to us, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Tell a friend, let them know about a gay in his NB. Um, also, be sure to follow us across all of our social media platforms, including TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, across the board. We're always producing some fun content over there as well. Speaking of con- uh, producing fun content, <laughs> we have um, new content. We have new content. Um, just before we started report recording this podcast on Thursday evening, uh, we launched drum roll, please. Um, we don't have a drum roll or a soundboard, but that is fine because we do have a merch store. Finally, we have merch. So excited about the launch of our merch store. Um, right now we have six designs. Um, we, you can get those, uh, you know, designs all on pretty much anything. There's, uh, there's shirts, um, there's hoodies, there's mugs, like a travel mug and like a home mug. There's two different sizes of those. There's bags. There's bags. There's like zipper bags. There's like a laundry bag. There's like a cute little beach bag and you can get that one with like a rope handle and it's super cute. Or you can get just like a regular old tote bag that you can tote around your stuff in. Um, Hell, there's stickers and buttons and magnets. If you want to go and get somebody like a little cheap little gift or something, those are super affordable options. Um, You know, we've got all of those different things and that website for you guys, it's in our link tree. um, But the website for that is agayandhisnb.threadless.com. Yes, be sure to go check that out. There's some really fun designs. Merlin put everything together and they're like i was really impressed with all the designs in terms of well, like thank you creativity and artist artistic value and and all those good things um and they're really i they're really fun so uh we really hope you enjoy that and uh go purchase one today uh what are we talking about on this episode babe well um just a reminder to our lovely listeners we have two episodes coming into your ear holes this week um you know tomorrow we will be releasing um our episode on all things bravo and Uh, you're not going to want to miss that absolutely not because we have plenty of opinions especially on that vanderpump rules finale oh my god Too much. Amen was much. up off the couch the entire episode screaming at the TV. I was having a full-on conversation with people <laughs> who could not hear me. <laughs> um, but besides all of that, today, coming to you, um, we have a very, very exciting uh, penultimate episode of Survivor. Uh, so next week, we will have our top five whittled down to a top three um, all those uh, wonderful things. But this week, we get to pick who our top five is going to be. That's exciting. Um, but before we get to any of that, we have the premiere and episode two. <laughs> we have a double whammy of Drag Race All-Stars. What is with these streaming services, first off, putting up multiple episodes in a pre- I'm tired. <laughs> I need y'all to stop. Like, I get it. But, like, like either put everything out or put it weekly. I, like, this middle ground is pissing me off. Yeah. 
but no, uh, first, uh, first week of Drag Race All-Star Season 8. Um, going into this season, what do we think first off? I mean, I would say this is a very eclectic cast. Yeah, I um, mean, it's, a, it's not a cast that you would necessarily um, expect. And I, I'm kind of glad that we're in that because the last few seasons of, Stal- of All-Stars, we've walked into it going, okay, well, that's the winner. And lo yeah. and behold, we're usually right. Um, so no, I'm, no one immediately sticks out in my mind in yeah, terms no, of like... Absolutely no one sticks out uh, right now. Like, that's not mean, meaning to be <laughs> shady. Um, but like... Nobody is the clear front runner yet. Yeah. Even after watching these first two episodes, I'm still not sure who's going to win this thing. Yeah. And it was also, I love it. It's a good mix of people from different seasons and sort of different eras of the show necessarily. Like you had people as far back as season two, the more modern girls. Speaking of an eclectic cast, let's go over who's on this year uh, for all stars. Okay. So first up we have Alexis Michelle. Season nine. Uh, Broadway queen. Uh, oh, yeah. Lovely. Uh, famous for painting herself green. <laughs> <laughs> How is that the thing she's most famous for? I have no clue, but it is. Um, also, in my humble opinion, she is the um, trade of the season. Yeah. The- I mean, she's she's definitely more um, our taste in um, men and men-shaped people. <laughs> Um, way that. Uh, then we also have Darian Lake season six. Very, I, I was glad to see Darian back. Darian was, I think somebody who didn't get a lot of appreciation. Her, yeah, even season. though she was in the top four. Yeah. And top four. Yeah. Not top four. three. Yeah. It was just top four. Um, and she talked about when she came into the workroom as well, that she's lost like 200 pounds. So it's yeah, like, she looks great. Yeah. Uh, next up we have Heidi in closet. Heidi, uh, from season 12. Um, definitely high energy from the very uh good get-go of the season i would say i we'll get to it a little bit later in terms of one of my critiques of her so far this season but it's you know she's still great love her yeah we've got uh james bansfield season nine this is where we were talking about like the eclectic like getting someone who's a first out or an early out to Mm -hmm. be on i think makes a lot of sense and james has come a long way so uh, and then you mentioned season two, Jessica Wilde. Very excited for Jessica I love Wilde. that drink. <laughs> Jessica Jessica is kind of coming into herself this season. And I yeah. and I and I'm I'm impressed by her in the early goings. Uh Jimbo from Canada. I love a good and, and I think also like mixing it up in terms of like pulling from the different country franchises mm-hmm. and stuff like that is is the way to go also in the sense that like, I mean, it's just a bigger pool of people. Yeah. She was, she was season one Canada or season yes. two, season one Canada. And, and then, then UK, UK versus, versus the world. world uh, that, famously that, that season. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> uh, and we will talk about the gag that comes at the end of uh, the first episode or episode two, or second episode. Yes, you're correct. Um, and then next is Kahana Montrese, uh, second out on season 11, daughter and, of Coco Montrese. And has, I mean, we'll talk about it too, like big glow up in terms of her. Oh stuff yeah. Now. And she's like, been spending a lot of time in the Vegas review and all of that. Yeah. She doesn't even look like the same person. No, like, absolutely it's, it's, not. It's honestly, she's got shocking. those, uh, Dr. Heavenly teeth. Oh my God. Yes. Very, very, <laughs> very Dr. Heavenly. Um, and then we have uh, Candy Muse. Candy from season 13. I, one of the most recent girls to be on the, this uh, franchise. 
made it to top two. Uh, uh, famously, um, daughter of Aja Labeja, um, who was from season nine. Yes. Season nine of Drag Race, who was also on... Um, what is the... Legendary. Legendary, there yes. There you go. <laughs> I, there's too many things running around in my head. Uh, hashtag ADHD. Um, speaking of... Uh, you know, wonderful people. We've got uh, Mrs. Kasha Davis. Yes, Kasha from season seven. Uh, Kasha coming in seven years sober, um, sort of, you know, revive. And, and also, like, I mean, I always like her on any franchise, but this season, too, like, like her style of drag is important to represent in terms of, like, not the more quote unquote traditional, like, mm-hmm. not all about the, the high kicks and the, like, looks necessarily. Well, um, and and it's kind of strange to think of because, um, again, not not meaning to be shady, but it's kind of more accessible drag. It's kind of you know, it's still glamorous, it's still gorgeous, but it's like, okay, I could do that. <laughs> that it's you know, it's like yeah. looking at somebody and going, oh, okay, maybe I could be a drag queen, right? You know, maybe this is something that I can do. Like, I don't have to be super high end covered in diamonds and rhinestones and sequins and have a sequin to gown. Um, <laughs> um, but you know, all of those things. And then uh, speaking of gowns that have things all over them, we have Lala Ree. <laughs> that was a stretch. <laughs> she had a gown that was supposed or was not that a, a gown. gown. <laughs> what was it that was supposed to be was, that, out of the bag? It was uh, anyway, what something. season was she on? Season thirteen as well uh, with uh, Candy. Um, yeah, Lala, it was great to see back and and uh, a good personality, you mm-hmm. know, at, in terms of it. At the end of the day, and we got uh, Monica Beverly Hills from season five. Uh, another like early out that was you know I, I was always floated in terms of like the idea of possibly throwing all stars and mm-hmm. you know obviously coming in this season actually fully. Um, Embracing the fact that she's a trans woman now and sort of that journey, like mm-hmm. exciting to see. And then last but not least, we have our lovely host of the Roscoe's viewing party out in Chicago, Nasha Lopez. From season eight. Yeah. So it's like, that's what I'm saying. Like there's a lot of names that are like, sort of like not first of mind in many, in many realms in terms of this, like, which like, I think it was interesting. The fact that like only one of them has made a finale. Which yeah. is kind of crazy to think, being candy. Um, so that was exciting. And, and, and like, like I said, I think it's a good group of people. And I also think with the format going back to where it was um, with the voting system and stuff like that, it's also a good group of queens to where I think they're going to be a little messy and not yeah. as sort of like following the herd in terms of like voting and, and, and that regard. So it'll make for interesting... Uh, Interesting turns of events. Uh, let's get into episode one. Before we get, can we start first with this, that fucking intro? Can we talk about it for a second with RuPaul? <laughs> with one, that wig, which was such a choice. The, the doors that Monet, Monet Exchange has opened. It, she's apparently, I literally, had, so, and it's like, she's in this like short pussycat wig that's got like a little which bit is of, a cute wig but i just it's not rue it's not rue at all and it's all they're flashing her on it's like she's being flashed on like billboards and but also at like a farm she was like on like like it was like the weird like there was shots of cows i literally had to 
I literally wrote her monologue that she gives, and I want to read this because it is in. I literally thought I was on mushrooms or something listening to this. So now we have the audio stylings of Eamon Peyton Ashry. No, I'm not. <laughs> it was like I can't go in ASMR. Um, money, success, fame, glamour. I'm trying to make a point, so excuse my grammar. Fuck the people who can't take a joke. Let the sleeping dogs lie, even when they're woke. The secret to winning is just be yourself. And that's an award you can't fit on no shelf. And by shelf, I mean that big old fat juicy ass. Mm -mm. What the fuck was that? What, like, is like. I thought the first bit was almost a shot at Dracula. Kinda, sorta, but like, well, it, but, but it goes to the challenge later, which I was like, okay, are they hinting to all the challenge? But like, I did not understand what the fuck she was on. Like, I we joke about the coffee enema that she has, but it's like you can't like start. Like, imagine someone watching this as their like their first season of Drag Race ever. Like, it's why would you start it on All Stars? Uh, you never know. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so everyone then starts entering the workroom, um, and, 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 you know, obviously showing off their looks and that. Can we talk quickly about, um, Jimbo's look and more, less, more about, less about Jimbo's look and more about the response to it, which yeah. was so fucking annoying. Okay. So for those of you who don't know, drag is meant to be a mockery of gender standards. Yeah. And the norms that are forced on people, both as men and as women. And that is what Jimbo was doing, you fucking snowflakes. Yeah, what the fuck? So literally had like a full like latex body sort of suit thing with like big, t big tits. And by big tits, we mean like all beach ball size crazy things. Intentionally like... Like, it Overdone. was literally making fun of the misogynistic view of this is what men want in women. Yeah. It was making fun of that. That's what all drag is, is making fun of pressures and societal standards placed on women. Drag kings do the same thing with men. So it's, it's like, I don't understand why... People don't get that. I think people want to be offended. And I know that's, you know, oh, God, <laughs> you know. We uh, just went anti-woke. Yeah. <laughs> this woke mob. No, I'm kidding. Um, no, but no, I think I do think to an extent it's just like, why do you care? Like, why did you look at that? And that was the instinct that you like went to. I just I don't understand it. Also, like, Jimbo is a clown. Literal, like literally like in the title of, of them, of their drag name, like the Jimbo, the clown. Like, I don't understand what the fuck there is. Like of all the stuff to be mad about. Yeah. That's literally like of all the stuff to be mad about on this show. Like, I, yeah, I, I just, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. So, anyway, so Rue, everybody look great. Continue. Yeah. Uh, Rue welcomes, uh, everyone. And we find out that classic all-star rules are back into effect where uh, they will determine every week a winner and then a, bo a bottom two slash three. They kind of change it every once in a while. Um, and then the winner of the challenge will lip sync against a lip sync assassin. 
Um, if the challenge winner wins, they get to send somebody home. And it, they get a cash tip of, of $10,000. $10, um, and then if they don't win, it gets rolled over into the next week. And then if the Lip Sync Assassin wins, then the Lip Sync Assassin will reveal the lipstick of a group vote uh, with the remaining cast. And, and they get a thumbs up and sent home. And, and with no cash, except for their appearance fee, you know, whatever that is. Exactly. Um, so, and then we'll, and they found, we also found out that they upped the prize to $200,000. So they're giving them the same prize as a regular, as a regular season, season of, of Drag Race now, which is good to see. And then we also see RuPaul tease in the opening the, the big twist that we kind of talked about last week about how there's now two ways to win. Um, but she says more on that later and she'll tell the girls right. when they get uh, on the main stage. Um, we start with the mini challenge, which is the fa- their fashion extravaganza, walk the runway sort of mini challenge. And they have to serve two different looks, famous then and famous now. Famous then being a look from some celebrity inspiration from the past, and, a look, and then famous now being a more modern celebrity in Correct. that take. Um, and so... Uh, we go to that challenge, actually, onto the runway. Um, starting with Famous Then, what were some of the ones that sort of stood out for you? Um, I would say I really I really loved Alexis Michelle's Norma Desmond. I kinda, I, yeah, really loved that. It's one of those really simple looks that I thought was really well executed, and she embodied mm-hmm. in a way that was really, uh, really well and su- successful. Um, I really, I got to give credit to Jimbo for her Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, that was, it was an unexpected way to do a very overdone look. Yeah. It's like everyone, everyone's done a Marilyn, but like to do this like big, like sort of almost like sculptural thing where it's like so oversized that it's like, you know, very creative. Um, I really loved also, um, Monica Beverly Hills, like Cleopatra style, Mm -hmm. like sort of like, look, I thought it was really clean. There was something really striking about her makeup and the way that she sort of executed everything. Um, really loved that. I, I also thought Nisha's, um, Coco Chanel look. I, I thought that was really stunning and like, you know. I, I really enjoy a, um executive realness look. Yeah. You know, I, it's like, how can you serve cunt in the boardroom? Exactly like that. And Nisha's really great at like clean lines, mm-hmm. like, you know, sort of delivering I, I know we can't use the term fish anymore, but like, like, you know, giving that essence in sort of everything that she does. So. Right. Um, I actually really enjoyed Jessica Wilde's uh, Queen Nefertiti that type look. That was really look. good too. Um, you know, we had two Egyptian inspired um, looks on the runway for this and I really enjoyed both of them. Um, but I don't know. I don't know why, but like the, the clip, the clips that they did of her on the show just really were very, very like Vogue almost mm-hmm. like the um, talking magazine, not dance style. Um, but um, it it was very fashion. It was very like, and I, I get that that was the challenge. Right. But it especially sold, right. sold me on her look. Because it was just, she was in it and selling it from the moment she stepped foot on the runway. Yeah, so uh, going to Famous Now, this one I think was a little more hit and miss. At least from from certain, there were there were some really great ones and then also some like not so. Um, 
again, Alexis Michelle, uh, you really loved, I know, her Kim K, Met Gala, full, f- like, cover. I like things that surprise me. Yeah. And that just, it, I didn't expect that from her. Because mm-hmm. that's a Mugler look. And it, not that Alexis Michelle can't do Mugler. And she's done the Kardashians before. She did Kim Kardashian famously well in her season. But, um, or not Kim. Um, she did Kris Jenner. Kris Jenner. On the on her season very well. Um, Someone does it on this very runway not so well. <laughs> did she do her or did she do Liza Minnelli with a cell phone? Yeah. Let's be real. Ka- we'll talking about Kasha. Like it was it, it was not great. No. Um, but I loved Alexis's look. I thought it was stunning. It I was, also really loved um, Nasha's look. Yeah. That that um, Donatella Versace. Uh, uh, there's so much gorgeous like movement to it. To me, it was very reminiscent of also the iconic green dress from JLo that iconically created Google Google Image. Search. It had good movement to it, to where it kind of like like it, it was it flowed really nicely and like she wor- she knew how to work the fabric in a way to where right. she it really gave that it, effect. It really walked the line between glamorous and resort wear. Yeah. Like it cuz you know resort wear could a lot of times be super casual. This was dripping in opulence mm-hmm. and I just oh it was so good. Um and I also I really like Kahana's uh Lil Nas X uh pink cowboy hat. Yes, that was really well done. Really well executed and 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 a good choice in terms of like take i like that also a couple people took male celebrities and sort of feminized it and i mean i obviously Lil Nas x is in the in the lgbt family to where it works right. particularly well i know jessica doing bad bunny i thought was also oh yeah that was really well done yeah um let's go to we talked a little bit about kasha's already about not being so good um darian lakes billy eilish i feel so bad because i i was like cheering her on for making that choice it was a bold choice to make that right. not everyone was gonna do but i also get like it's it's not something that would it's not something that would come down a runway yeah they critiqued her they critiqued her it's like okay well you should have just like dragged it up a bit more it's like okay but i don't even know how you would do that you know what yeah. i mean i mean it's just that's sort of a look it just it doesn't always execute well, and you just have to be very careful on how you do like baggy clothing that is meant to look baggy. Just it doesn't always execute. No, um, and then also Lala Ree's um, Ruli fans only no. fans one. It good enough idea, but you can't just do like a bodysuit that's like the wrong color. And especially then like, when she walked out right behind um, Jimbo, who had just done a much better version of that of like the internet sort of like style like right that like and subscribe skirt thing with the yeah yeah it wasn't my favorite um we go back into the workroom as everyone's getting uh de-dragged uh etc um alexis michelle talks about crushing on la la re a little bit and sort of like you know kind of swooning so so that's interesting a little in terms of that um, they talk about like sort of like scouting uh, the competition with everyone and everyone's also, I mean, a lot of people immediately throw out Jimbo's name in terms of like big competition. Um, Candy makes a quote about like, oh, I didn't know we were getting people from across the pond. And she's like, oh, wait, <laughs> that's not what Canada. No, but she was on UK versus the world. Sure. And that was in. I don't think she flew immediately to this, but 
Sure, but she's been across the pond. <laughs> yeah. And some of them, like we mentioned, are talking about like being gone from the show for so long. Monica's been, it's been 10 years since she's been on. Um, I love Jessica joking about how, you know, it's a big, you know, with the evolution of dragon where it is now, like on my original season, season two, it used to be who had the best forever 21 dress, which uh-huh. it really was. There was, like, that's not necessarily true. Some people wore wet seal. Sure. But it was almost like they encouraged <laughs> it in, in season, at least in season two. Nobody would have got cussed out for wearing H and M. No, I'm just saying. And there was so much effect on like, you know, I, I think because it was also like in the early stages of the drag too. It's like okay, it's female impersonation, so you have to be like everyone wanted realness, right? And so it's like it's good now to see like the full spectrum mm-hmm. being being showcased. And then we get this weird moment where Heidi has like this denim gaff on that she's made. That's like it. It was awkward. Yeah, I. <laughs> I didn't know <laughs> what she was trying with there. Um, anyway, so Rue uh, welcomes them back um, to sort of give them the maxi challenge for the week, which is that they're performing uh, new versions of the underground club classic, Money, Success, Fame, and Glamour. Classic? Uh, that's what I was like. Am I, I, I'm a really young gay, so I, I will like, I feel like I might be stepping on toes, but like. I don't know this song. No. Is um, this a Rue song? No. No, well, no, this is by the Fabulous Pop-Tarts, which are uh, fa- I, I have eaten Pop-Tarts for breakfast. <laughs> sure. Or or snacks throughout the day. We won't limit them to just morning time, but um I've never had them in the club. But there but it was a I guess a, a pop group that was formed by Randy Barbado and Fenton Bailey, who are the executive producers of Drag Race. Right. World of Wonder, you know, uh, all of that stuff. Rue's closest friends. Speaking of uh, executive producers of Drag Race, I miss John Pauly's little recap show. Yeah, bring that yeah, back. Yeah, bring that back. Just a little aside. I loved that little gay. <laughs> um, oh, so, well, so they get divided into two teams. Um, and they basically just, I think, do it by alphabetical order. Like, sort of, like, split yeah. them down the middle. Um, and uh, Alexis Michelle, Darian Lake. Heidi and Closet, Kahana, Montrese, Candy Muse, and Nisha Lopez uh, are doing the glam rock mix of the song. And then we have James Manfield, Jessica Wilde, Jimbo, Lala Ree, Monica Beverly Hills, and Kasha Davis doing uh, the disco mix. Uh, we then uh, get them, they start to work and write their lyrics. It's basically the girl group challenge, yeah. write lyrics about yourself. Mm-hmm. I didn't like this as the first challenge. I wish they would have done the talent show like they normally do. Yeah. I think the talent show is always a good intro and like, yeah, it just, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't my favorite. And, and well, okay. But think about it because this season is about the fame game. Right. So what two things are drag queens mostly known for fashion and music? So it makes sense that those are the two things that you would showcase this episode. Yeah, I guess. I mean, yeah. You have runways in the mini challenge and the maxi challenge is a music challenge. So, I mean, I get it. I also, we'll get to it later too. Like, I also think like with, with this cast and with the people in this cast, this wasn't the smartest challenge to start off a season with only because I think you need a really strong first challenge where every, I'm not saying everyone has to do amazing, like, but like 
showcase like the talent among this group. And I don't yeah. think we fully got to see it with this, yeah. with this opening. Um, we then go to the choreography session where they all, and, and the other thing is that they create the choreography in the teams. Um, which led to mixed results. Yeah. Uh, Give them a choreographer and all stars. Don't make them do this shit. Yeah. Heidi basically agrees to do the choreo for her group because she had done it on season 12. Um, and then James is talking to Jimbo and at, cause they're the other team is watching them and is immediately confused of like why Heidi is like suggesting doing like Fosse and like other things when it's glam rock that they're doing. Like, Channel kiss. What are we doing guys? Yeah. It's like, and they, it ended up working, but I also think this was a case of like, I think a lot of people, particularly in their solo parts, just wanted to do what they wanted to do. And like, they sort of like made it work. Sure. I just, both of these groups were clusterfucks. Yeah. Let's be completely honest. Some of the lyrics were good. If but when we heard them, when we could hear them, because the mix on the show was terrible. On Paramount Plus, I think it was particularly like I would like when the the um when they post the challenge on YouTube and stuff like that, it was fine. But like when we watched it for the first time on Paramount Plus, I couldn't understand what the fuck anyone was saying. Yeah, it was awful. It yeah. um like, but yeah, it was the the dancing was bad across <laughs> the board. Nobody was together. Not. And by nobody, I say not a single queen on this show was doing the same move as another queen on this show. Yeah. Period. And because and also Jessica's leading it for the other team and she's kind of doing way too many intricacies. Like she's giving like she's like every beat we need to do something different. And it's like you have James Mansfield and Kasha Davis on your team. Like they're I felt so bad, particularly for Kasha. Like you could tell Kasha this yeah. was so not her element. Yeah. Like Kasha on that team and Darian on the other one were both really struggling. And it was painfully obvious. But like they but again, they weren't the other one or the only ones. The choreo was just bad. Yeah. They were, yeah, yeah, they really, I don't, I don't understand tasking them to do choreo. I mean, it's not something I don't think they would do in the real world. So why are, yeah, I don't know. Um, we go into the workroom the next day. Um, uh, Monica is talking to Nasha is kind of in her head about sort of, you know, being like getting her sea legs, so to speak, you could say in terms of everything and wants to really prove herself after, you know, after so long. Um, then we get, so Candy and Jimbo then start talking and we find out there's an alliance that's already been formed between Candy, Jimbo, and Heidi and Closet because they've all toured together recently before right. coming onto this show and essentially are willing to save each other. I'm really hopeful that all, they always talk about alliances on this show, but it never pays off, I think, substantially. Like, I think this has the potential to. It's also a lot harder because all they have is this admittedly large but still tiny workroom yeah as opposed to on something like survivor where alliances you can go fuck off in the jungle somewhere and like have your little meeting it like, did feel <laughs> like candy and jimbo were like kind of talking in the open <laughs> they were like hey jimbo you want to have an alliance yeah yeah candy that sounds great hope nobody heard us it's it was yeah it uh. It's like I they all talk as though as if they watch Survivor, but it's like I don't see that in any way yeah. that you 
participate in this. Um, they all then are getting their makeup done and they're talking about how they're going to vote. And Alex, Alexis basically says, like, I probably won't be voting for anyone who's on my team because I couldn't yeah. make that decision. Um, Candy, uh, you know, is one candy wonders if anyone's gonna vote for their biggest competition and james just chimes up and goes anyone want to admit it right now in front of everyone <laughs> uh, trying to morgan mcmichael somebody um <laughs> and then jimbo then talks about their rocky history with this system on canada versus the world and or uk versus the world and how you know the whole stuff with pangina and like you know, sort of being a little cocky too early and trying to make a big move and failing and then it backfiring, which when I saw this, I was like, Oh God, this, but like, this was, this felt like tell um, telling the audience that this was going to happen again. Like, like spoiler alert. <laughs> well, well, yeah. In a certain, to a certain uh, extent, um, we go on to the main stage and our guest judge for this week is Idina Manzel. Uh, she was great. I, I really, there were a couple, like during the lip sync where she was just like, they would cut to these shots of Idina just being like wide eyed, like, like, like so excited of what's happening, but not knowing how to yeah. take it. Um, she was fun. Yeah. She's, she's pretty great. I've, I've had the um, fortune of getting to uh, perform with her just before the pandemic started. So that was, Oh, is that a name you just dropped right there? A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, don't trip over that as you're waking, making your way to the couch. <laughs> Um, let's let we talk. Hi, a, we talked a little bit about the choreo, so let's but let's talk about the performances. Who stood out, good or bad? Like, <laughs> so the runway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, well, look, I've already mentioned um, Kasha and Darian standing out as being quite a bit behind everyone else. See, I don't think Darian did that bad. It. It looked like they were both stumbling around the stage. So I mean, I, and there were literally moments where they stood there, frozen, not sure what the next move was. Well, as I say that, I, as I say that, I don't think Darian did bad. I think Darian also. The one thing I did notice, she had issues where like there would be, it would be a solo person's number, like they had the solo section, but it was like they were also jumbled together that they didn't know where to like pass someone to like get to their next position or whatever, and there was a lot of like bumping into people and like yeah. so it was that was the bigger issue See, those are the sorts of things that having a professional choreographer <laughs> would work out because they would g give you background choreo yeah they would have you clump here and it's not just okay clump over there no it's okay you stand here you step back you know, make sure you've got windows, make sure you're, you know, not covering anyone up. Okay. And then three, two, move across the stage and more emotion. Like it's, it's really difficult. It, it's, it's honestly not well, though. It's, it's, like it's difficult for someone who doesn't know. Right. But anyone who's not been in that situation, exactly. They wouldn't know how to even start choreographing something like that. Yeah. I have literally performed in choreographed things like that. And I still wouldn't really know where to start with choreographing that. Yeah, exactly. Um, and also, I think Monica, I felt like she had she, like her audio on her track that she recorded was so high energy, but she had nothing in the face. Oh. It was just like, so, I like, have you ever, I've never seen someone so dead in the face when the, when the audio that they're lip syncing over goes slay. 
way. It was like it, it, nothing was matching. It was it was really bad. Um, I thought Kasha's lyrics were the best. I thought she was creative with like her yeah. her styling and stuff like that. Um, you know, I yeah, it, it it was really hard to judge. Like when they laid out the judging, I was like, okay, like sure, but you could have kind of picked anyone. Yeah, almost. Um, speaking of that, so, well, actually, no, before that, we do have the runway. The runway is famous forever. So they've done famous then famous now, and this is famous forever, which is really just signature drag, signature, basically. signature, best drag. Like who are you? Know, like the one they always do. Um, what were some of the standouts for you? Um, I, oh, well, we got to talk about Kahana's Kahana looked insane and oh, amazing. Yeah. With this giant Phoenix, like Vegas, like showgirl, like she has money now. <laughs> like, yeah, like some of the looks from season 11 that she had, it's just like, oh, so this is no money and this is new money. Like, right. Like it's, it's insane. And I, I know you had a problem and we'll get to it with the overbranding. But <laughs> that is, that is uh, side note. That has been a consistent issue with Avid. He hates it when people shove their brand down your throat. And I like a well. Here's the thing. I've talked about. I like a signature. I don't like a brand. Like I like. But branding thing aside. Yeah. I actually shooted Heidi's look. Heidi's look was great, and I agree with the shoot. Like I, I'm fully. Fl- her like she's it was like it was like Chris Tucker inspired in Fifth Element. It was great, fully fucking great. And it wasn't even it was until it was the second episode where I got really fed up with it. Right, like but she, this look with the with that white animal print mm-hmm. with the with the uh, uh, purple like under like inside like line. Let's what is that lining? Yeah, there we go. That's the word. Um, you know when it's lined. <laughs> you know when there's a line and it's lining. Um, Very yeah, structural. It was like absolutely gorgeous. It was very um, uh, like Devil's Wear wears Prada, mm-hmm. like that sort of vibe. And much with the case with Kahana, it's like this is what it's like when you have money now. Yeah, like, it's it was absolutely stunning. My jaw was on the floor, and I just. Uh, um, Jimbo, I really liked the that exposed brain, like with the bodysuit that was yeah. like real graphic. And, oh, and what does that remind me of? It was like a like a book series or something from the nineties. Yeah, that's like very much that. Like I know exactly what you're talking about, but I can't name it. It's kind of almost Goosebumps vibes, but like too pop arty for Goosebumps. Yeah, yeah, told. Yeah, exactly. Um, and 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 I also noted I really wanted to praise Darian too. I thought her yeah. lep that leopard. Um, oh, stunning! Best she's ever looked on with the that show. little pe- peplum. Yeah, uh, she looks oh, so phenomenal. Um, so then we have our tops and well, th- th- these were the tops and bottoms. It was Alexis, Michelle, Darian, Kahana, James, Lalari, and Monica. But they kind of there were kind of two bottoms and then like four tops. It like I couldn't tell other than Kahana and Lala and Monica and I guess Alexis. Like who was top and bottom? Like yeah, it well, it seemed like they had already picked their bottom two, and they weren't going to give us a third bottom to choose from. It was like, well, these are the two bottoms. Yeah, we're not like, and I, I'm fine with that. With them not bothering with saving someone from being chosen to go home, mm-hmm. like just clearly, these are the two bottom. We're done. Yeah, um, and I will say like so in. 
I love James Mansfield, but I also felt like the the like I mean, you knew none of the steps in 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 the thing, but I don't really care because I loved it. I was like, oh god, like we're getting the, like we're getting the Alyssa treatment, and it's like I love James, and I think James does stuff amazingly well when she does it. And I think she did at least try to put a character to it a little bit to save yeah. it. So I, but well, it, and that's the thing. And I think I mentioned this when we were watching it is that when you do the clumsy, I'm not getting the dance moves right in that, that you're the bubbly, only one in that the, <laughs> like I'm a dumb blonde, <laughs> you know, that sort of shtick with it. Yeah. Then it works, but and it, it's no longer messing up the choreography. It's a bit, but it also only works when you're the only one, and everyone else is together. Right? She like her and Kasha, and like you mentioned, no one was really like yeah. perfect. Like that didn't help. Um. So they narrow it down, and the top for the week is Kahana Montrese. Congratulations, to her first win ever. Like obviously, big deal for her out of the gate. And then the bottom two is sadly Darian Lake and Monica Beverly Hills. Um, we then, they, they leave the, the stage and then they, we just go straight to the voting. And this kind of annoyed me, like not, not annoyed me, but like, you know, in previous seasons, we would get a little bit of the deliberation. Right. Uh, in the workroom. Now it's all just on untucked. Right. That you have to watch after the fact. And so, and we talked again, we talked about this when we were watching it, but, I really think, especially when they're airing these on Paramount Paramount Plus, there's no point in separating Untucked in the episode. Just put put, it in the episode. Put all that shit in there. Like, when, like, we could do, like, a little small package on YouTube of the the secret assassin coming in and getting ready and doing all of that stuff. That's cute. Like behind the scenes sort of stuff. But we don't, but all the other stuff that's in untucked, put it in the episode. Cause I would love to see like what the thought process was and like sort of, and we'll also like not to spoil it ahead, but like, it seemed like the, the vote this episode was like much closer than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. When I, when I had just watched the episode, you know what I'm saying? Like, I would have loved to see that struggle to where yeah. I think, like, the payoff would have been a little bit more. Yeah, like, especially when, like, I know we keep comparing to Survivor, but, I mean, and we'll talk about it, literally. We will talk about it at the end of the episode. But um, Survivor, when you've got people literally running around the jungle talking about how they're going to vote, like, deciding, you know, what's going to happen, and then you have the vote, and then the votes are read... And there's like this build of tension. Yeah. But when you know what the votes were before the deliberation, there's like, I almost don't care. But it's all. And also if like, if there was a swerve and somebody got picked, you know, and someone got eliminated that you didn't expect, there's not the tension. Right. Like it's just a surprise. And like, it's, it's not the same feeling yeah i and like and it's too much of a pain in the butt to literally stop the episode of drag race <laughs> move over watch untucked get to just where they're about to reveal who goes home and then go back to drag race and yeah. then you gotta like splice it all together no. especially on a digital platform no absolutely not i could have done that in the studio i don't have that time on my hands um we go back to the main stage as kahana waits for her lip sync and we get the lip sync assassin reveal of aja La Beja. Um, very exciting. Uh, love Aja as a lip sync assassin. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, uh, Candy was freaking out on the sidelines. It was fun. 
Um, and then they lip sync to Freakum Dress by Beyonce. I am shocked they haven't lip synced to the song before on Drag Race because this is a Honestly, great lip sync song. Yeah. And they, this was a great first lip sync of the season. Like, yeah. Really, really great job. I, lo- I really, I mean, it could have been a double. They've done doubles with these before. Yeah, but I don't know if you want to do episode one with the potential for two people going home. Yeah. It, I mean, spoiler alert, the people and Kahana voted the same. Sure. Um, but yeah, I agree with what you're saying. Like, you don't maybe want to risk it. I mean, but also the producers know Spoil- beforehand. Yeah. yeah, inside tea. They, so, they know who the lip syncs. So, like, they could have just done it and then, you know, oh, look. Kahana picked the same person, so only one person goes home, even though there was a double win. Yeah, has two people ever gone home on a double? Yeah, I think so. I, don't I think, think it's I... happened once, maybe, but I, it's not. I don't remember it in, in the top of my head. So, um, but like, I love that Aja and Kahana both did amazing. They went slightly different routes, which I appreciated. Kahana was basically Beyonce on that stage, like she, yeah, like. Honestly, could have been a Beyonce impersonator. It was yeah. really well done. Aja went more... Coming for your uh, gig, Trinity K. Yeah. Um, Aja went more sort of like high energy, traditional drag. Right. Putting some funny elements in. Some gag... Like the wig reveal was great. Yeah. Um, really, really top-notch stuff. Um, but Aja ends up winning. Um, so the $10,000 then rolls over into next week's lip sync. And then this is when Rue introduces the twist... And gives a fucking, what felt like a five-minute monologue describing this twist. It was like, and she did it in episode two as well. And I was like, you need to shorten this. Like, are you getting paid per word? What need, are we doing? I need, I get that it's a lot, but you need an abridged version. <laughs> like, it was, so basically, it was what we talked about last week. P- the queens who get eliminated compete in the quote-unquote fame games, where we will still get to see what they would have walked the runway in every week right and she made the point also be like and you can do what you want on your social medias as well to sort of like campaign i guess is right it's not like you're limited to what is shown on the show right and then we will at some point then vote and one of them will be crowned queen of the fame games and they'll win fifty thousand dollars so you know at least gives them a little something which which I appreciate. And you could tell the relief on the girl's face of like, oh, at least they're going to get to see all of our looks. Right. Which like that's one of, has always been one of the big issues with Drag Race is you spend so much money on looks. Well, and then the girls that go home have to then pay for a photo shoot. Yeah. To then take all of these professional photos to then put them online for people to see. And then they still don't have a chance to win anything. So it's like, you but, know. But like it would have been so easy for her to go, Hey, so when you're eliminated, you're still part of this side thing where you still show us what you would have worn every week. Then the fans vote. Whoever wins gets 50 grand. Yeah. Easy. We didn't need a five minute spiel. It really did not. It was 30 seconds at most. Yeah. It, it could have just nailed it quickly. Um, but then uh, Aja reveals what the group voted and they voted to send Monica Beverly Hills home. Um, obviously very sad we i i had high hopes for monica um, i did too but um honestly after the last four seasons of drag race getting won by uh people in the <laughs> trans community rue said no, no more no more <laughs> absolutely not um we then find well I will, I will note we also found out later in untucked that uh it was pretty 
somewhat close split in the group vote. James, Lala, and Candy all voted for Daria. Right. So that 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 was very interesting to see. Um, oh, we won't go too much into Untucked as well, but also that that moment of Alexis Michelle crying, and everyone being so confused as to why she was crying that she was happy that she, that's a lot of emotion. For as safe. Monica had just like poured her soul out to like why she needed to be here, it was like. Well, yeah, it's ugh. if you love cringy stuff, go watch it because it's 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 really cringy, it's <laughs> really bad. Um, but yeah, so that's the first episode. Um, good, I would say good first start, and it gets better in the second episode. Yeah, I, I very much liked the sep- second episode more than the first, uh, and we will get to that here in a moment. Yes, we will talk about the second episode of Drag Race All Stars when we come back. Don't go anywhere. Well, hello, friends. I'm your pal in the mainstream media. And, and I'm the Riz. And, you know, Riz, it takes years of strenuous, dedicated training before you're worthy to step inside a professional wrestling ring. But it takes even more time to develop complex, highly astute opinions about professional wrestling. Am I right? That is correct. Yes. And you know where we can find that? Yes. On the wrestling name. That's right. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And if you're anything like us, you live your life out loud. And when it comes to issues of discrimination, inequity, and outright bigotry, we use every platform we have to speak out against systems of oppression that perpetrate violence against marginalized groups. That's why we are so proud to wear designs from the Survivors Know merch store. Their team has created designs that feature unapologetic, empowering, and survivor-centered messaging that range from mild... Like, accountability is love, and toxicity is not on the menu. To a little more spicy. Like one of my favorites, Fuck Your Laws, Fuck Your System, Transformative Justice Now, which has a cute little happy flower on it. Each design is available on a variety of items from t-shirts and hoodies to bags, blankets, magnets, and even stickers. And as more items become available, the options will continue to grow. 100% of the proceeds go back into supporting the amazing work done at Survivors Know to support survivors, workers, and survivor advocates by organizing, challenging the status quo, and creating alternatives to the systems that fail us. Support Survivors Know by shopping today at SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. That's SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at SidekickMediaServices.com. Welcome back to a gay and his MB. Let's uh, head on over to the second episode of RuPaul's Drag Race All Stars Season Eight. We return back into the workroom uh, after Monica has gone home. Um, Kahana basically says that she voted to send Monica home as well, and that it was sort of a conflict. We saw a little bit that Kahana was like really struggling because she and Monica had gotten close, and and was so excited for Monica to be there but eventually made the decision to keep Darian. Um, and also the fact that Darian was on her team. And she said, like, you were a big part of my win. And Darian goes, is that a size joke? <laughs> uh, Darian was great in sort of the humor aspect of, of this part. Um, we then opened the votes to reveal the votes of the group. And obviously, as we mentioned, uh, James, Candy, and Lala had all voted for Darian to go home. They basically say, like, Monica was very persuasive in terms of... And, tugged on our heartstrings yeah which i do agree like monica was like 
it it was very um I it's I'm not saying this and say it wasn't genuine. It was genuine, but it was very telenovela. It was very just like just a lot of emotion, right? <laughs> Which I get it. You know, it's you know you build up that idea in your head. And Darian basically says they're confessional. Like I I harbor no ill will, but I'm not going to forget it. Which I'm like okay. So this is where I'm like I'm hoping the more traditional survivor element comes into play a little bit more where right. it's like, okay, so you voted for me last time. I'm thinking about that going into when you might be on the chopping block. Like, right. I, I appreciate that sort of dynamic. Um, we go to the workroom the next day. We get a room mail again in that wig that I do not like. Well, she filmed the whole season in it. Well, so. And probably other seasons, if I'm guessing, because she usually films like, multiples in the mm-hmm. same yeah oh god we'll see all the rumors from uh uk uk and canada because those are the two that are coming out next in the same wig i guarantee, I guarantee it. it yeah um we get the maxi challenge though and the maxi challenge is that they have to perform in rdr live um which is basically their take on saturday night live for okay i love this challenge i actually think this challenge was really great overall can we talk about the name RDR Live? Yep. It's a playoff of SNL, but SNL stands for Saturday Night Live. Right. So it's not Saturday Night Live Live. Also, I understand that RDR is supposed to be RuPaul's Drag Race, but nobody calls it RDR. The entire fan base calls it RPDR. Sure. Like, or just Drag Race. Yeah, you could have called it Drag Race Live. Yeah. You could have called it DRL. You or, know, or RPL, RuPaul Live. RuPaul Live would have worked. You know, like, there were options. I know but this I, was the least of the options. Yeah, I know it's a stickler thing, but, like, you know. what? A, Come on, guys. What are we here to do? Um, so, And I love Ru being like, as someone who was lucky enough to host Saturday Night Live, I'm like, okay, we know Ru. Like, we get it. Like, you're famous. Like, also, that was <laughs> how many years ago? Anyway, Not that long continue. ago. Like, maybe, like, a year or two? I thought it was, like... Two or three, but anyway. Continue. Either way, it, it was a good episode. I will say, I like that episode. That's all. Yeah. Um. They basically get to pick their own parts. Essentially, they get the the scripts for everything. Um. And and I really, like I said, I really like this challenge actually, and I think they should do this challenge more often. I think it's a good like to me like good drag race challenges should be things that you expect the queens to actually do when they get famous and go into the outside world and like right. being on SNL would be one of those things. I like the fact that. The challenge was really structured like an SNL episode and it yeah. felt like it felt like the person putting things together like under has watched SNL and understood like right like the nuances of certain things. Um and and yeah, I, I thought it was I thought it was for the most part well written for a comedy uh scripted challenge on drag race, which those can be a little We've seen Shakespeare. Yeah, hit and miss. Um Candy says that she wants to do the opening monologue uh, as like the host, essentially, mm-hmm. which I thought was an interesting choice. And, and you know, because you wouldn't really expect Candy to be in that role where she has to talk, uh, talk a lot. No, but I mean, we'll get to it. But I thought it went well. Yeah. Um, and then the, the slightly like, again, it's like, oh, God, they're picking their own role. So there's going to be a fight over whatever. There wasn't really a fight. Heidi and Nasha both wanted the news anchor role. But Nasha media is like, no, it's fine. I'll take whatever role. And gets takes the Dr. Blackwell role in the CDC sketch. Um, and, yeah, so they're going over their lines and working on stuff. And I love the, like, so James is kind of advising Nasha on certain things because Nasha's doing this sort of, like, valley girl, like, sort of, mm-hmm. like, 
Which they were like, I don't think this character, like Lala said, like she's doing a character that doesn't really fit what, what the sketch is. But when I watched the sketch, I was like, then what was the point of the sketch? Because it feels like this was what it was supposed to be. Yeah. Like to me, like to me. And like without that character, everyone else was bland. Yeah. So like she was the color to that char- that scene. Yeah. We'll get to it in terms of judging. Um, I had thoughts. It was bonkers. Um, but, and, but James tells her like, um, you're kind of like, you're doing the like vocal fry thing, but you're kind of still doing it a little slow. Like talk, talk faster. So you don't like kill the joke. And she's like, okay, that's great advice. Cut to later on the main stage when yeah. during the critiques. <laughs> that wasn't great. Um, Rue then does walkthroughs with Bobby Moynihan from SNL. Love, he's great. He's, yeah. He, and also genuine Drag Race fan. And like, not only a Drag Race fan, but also a Housewives fan, which I appreciate. Like, I've seen him on like Watch What Happens Live. Like, talk. Yeah, I, I really appreciate when straight men can enjoy queer culture in yeah. a way that is not exploitative. And not patronizing. Right. It's just like, oh, this is cool. Like, yeah, yeah. It it's fucking really is. fucking cool. It really actually is cool. Yeah. Um, they talk to Jimbo and Jessica, and they're kind of doing the slutty horticulture um, sketch. So good. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. And I love that Rue was like, how did you guys uh, pair up together? And Jimbo's like, well, we're both sluts. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Jessica talks a little bit, too, about like how it was difficult for her on season two, like, not speaking English coming onto that season and now sort of learning a bit more and feeling a little bit more comfortable and, and in her, in her element. Um, Rue also brings up how on that season, Jackie Collins informed her that she didn't understand what a golden shower was. <laughs> Jeez. And, and, and Jessica's like, yeah, I understand it now. And now I do it. <laughs> Jimbo said she gave me one this morning. Yeah. Uh, they had a good dynamic. Um, uh, we go to the workroom the next day. Uh, and Candy's talking to Nasha and Kahana sort of about the voting process and, and how they're going to vote this week. Candy was like, it was so hard with the first vote. And I kind of based a lot of it off of my personal emotions and so with obviously voting to keep Monica, but I'm not going to do it this time around now that we've kind of, you know, seen a little bit of everybody. Um, Nasha makes the point of being like, you know, you know, I the my metric is I have to be excited to see you again next week to keep you, in, yeah. In a sense, which I think is a good way to sort of look yeah. at it. Like I think the the people always struggle with the idea of like, oh, is this the right method on Drag Race because you're going to get rid of good people? And we have seen it in the past where like, so we don't really get the most satisfying a finale because of that, right? But, but we get that with Survivor too, nat- naturally. Yeah. Um, like I think. It depends. I think you can weigh performance and quote unquote beating the best, but also if the structure of the game is what it is, then play the game as, as it is. You yeah. know, I think that's important at the end. Of the day. It's up to the players to make the best out of the structure. But if the structure doesn't work, that's not on the players. And at least we have people playing emotional this season. Right. And also then the role, if you're in the bottom is to play off of emotions and to pull on heartstrings. Right. And that's like part of the challenge, I guess, so to speak, like, which I appreciate to a certain extent. Like, Mm. I think it's, I think that's the, I think they, I took them like four seasons, but it's like, I feel like they finally have gotten the method of like how to use this system 
properly. Like, how long do you think uh, it will take for All Stars to rebrand to where they have the the um the the same tagline as Survivor, the outplay, out yeah, <laughs> out drag. Well, and I think too. I I think too. Like we've also seen it now, where you can come back for multiple All, all Stars. Ginger has done it twice. Mm-hmm. Like you know, m- there are a c- bunch of people who have done it twice now. It's not like it used to be like you get your main season and then you get all stars and then your drag race career is done. Right. Well, and Ginger has specifically talked recently how while season two of all stars was one of the worst experiences she has ever had. Cause you feel like season six, however, was one of the best drag race experiences she's ever had. And she just talked about how that, you know, was a, a big difference in like her growth and also the change of the show is like the show's very different now. Yeah. Um, and so it's just when you feel like it's your only chance, like yeah. it's gonna you're gonna put expectations on it. Well, and, especially because her and Katya in season two were coming right out of season seven. Yeah, that they literally turned happen. around and went right back into all stars. It's crazy. It, yeah, and Katya's th- talked about that at length. Yeah. Um, we also see Heidi and Lala then strategizing about possibly forming an alliance as well. And Heidi is now, so now Heidi's in two alliances right now. She's with Jimbo and Candy and now also forming this side thing with Heidi. So that's going to be exciting to see like how, again, like that's the conflict too. It's like, you know, so say you're in a case where Lala's in the bottom with either Candy or Jimbo. How do you then... You know, how do you then choose if you're right. hiding? That's the, like, let them kind of, like, you know, overuse their hands, so to speak, and then see how it plays out. Um, we go to the main stage, and the guest judge for this week is Robin Thede, who I love. I uh, love her. From Black, Black Lady Sketch Show. She was a good um, guest judge. I really think she gave good advice. I think she, like, you know, she clearly, she clearly took it seriously, in a sense, like, being a comedian, like, I like comedy challenges with good comedians that can actually sort of like give proper instruction and not right. just like be funny. Like, although I will say she was seemed just as crazy as the rest of the judges on some of these things. And it, it just, I trust her to judge this correctly. I don't necessarily judge everybody else sure. or trust everyone else to judge it correctly, which to me since she was giving the same point of view as all the other people on the panel makes me believe that the edit we got was not how it read in house because they were judging completely opposite from what we were seeing on the screen. Well, also they keep making the point in the episode, by the way, to go like, well, we have one take because it's live and we only have one take. And the, if you listen to Nisha Lopez on, and the Roscoe's, they didn't have just one take. Well, they did for everyone except for Candy. Yeah. Well, but we also don't know why they did multiple takes on that one. It could have been a production issue. Sure. Um, because production stopped her and said, let's start from the top. But give everyone that, though, if, you're gonna, if that happens. Well, she said that everyone did get a run through mm-hmm. before they taped. Which is fair. I mean, that's what I I I feel like that's what you would because you have a dress rehearsal on SNL too. Like yeah, you do similar stuff. Well, so. and some of their stuff is taped anyway. Like yeah. they don't do everything live in front of the audience. Um. Yeah. So 
let's go through the sort of the challenge of RDR Live. Uh, we start with the CD ski, CDC sketch with Heidi Lala. <laughs> CD ski. CD ski. Oh my god. <laughs> I, I just cannot talk today. Um, CDC sketch with uh, Heidi Lalari, James Mansfield, and Nasha Lopez. I thought Nasha did the best. I yeah. didn't understand the, the like. I thought her character was funny. I thought her time. I feel like literally the jokes and the punchlines were all based about her comedic timing. Yeah. Like literally the other three characters were just playing off of her. She was the entire anchor of this, of this sketch. Yeah. And it was like, it was a fine sketch. It wasn't the best of the thing. Like, but also I was just shocked when, spoiler, when we get to a word, Nature's in the bottom and James was in the top, which I just, I didn't think James didn't stood out at that. all. I didn't get that at all. Especially when James didn't show up again somewhere else. Like, because some of the girls show up, you know, in yeah. multiple places in minor roles. And, you know, but like, I just, I don't get, this was her only appearance. And they they positively critiqued her of like the little things that you were doing in between the things where you weren't talking. I was like, I didn't notice any of them. And I would have given that positive critique to Nasha. Like, right. Nasha was always in character in between everything. Now, I didn't- now, we may have had stuff where it was close in, like the camera shot we got cut James out. But they weren't necessarily getting that in studio because they were watching them perform live. Yeah. It's so again, it's like I feel like they have like if you're going to judge them on what you're seeing live, then we need a steady cam. Yeah. I want to see this from the perspective of where the judges are. Scoot Rue to the side and sit a camera in her spot. Yeah. Like let me see it from there. Yeah, I agree. Um, we then go to the opening with Candy Muse, uh, and then Kasha Davis also joins in like halfway through to sort of have like a rapport thing. I thought Candy did well, and I particularly thought Kasha did great. Yeah, I I think Kasha would have been in the top if it wasn't for her runway look, which we'll get to. Oh man, but Kasha, I thought was phenomenal in this opening, and like it, I the opening was where I really settled in, where it's like, oh, this feels like an episode of SNL, like it really, like flowed in the right way candy even had a good understanding of like okay the humor is a little drier it's not like you know it's not like drag race humor like it's, yeah it's not pee pee poo poo titties ass yeah dick. like it's not that yeah it's it, it, they they understood the nuances really well um and then we move on to jimbo and jessica's uh the mccall girls gardening uh, service this, this was, was phenomenal really great again also a, a like I've seen this was like the Kate McKinnon, uh, AD Bryant SNL skits, like yeah. selling some like you know yeah. product of some sort. And this was she like they they positively critique Jimbo later of like also the levels between her, her and Jessica of like Jim like you were saying Jimbo kind of playing it slightly quote unquote straight in terms of being a little more not like over the top with right, things because. Uh- um, uh, Bobby had given them the note earlier to do the Bert and Ernie thing. Yeah. And typically when you think of Bert in a Bert and Ernie combo, like you think of the straight man as being, well, not straight and you know what I mean, <laughs> but straight in comedy terms, not straight in sexuality terms, but you think of the straight man as being serious. Right. But Jimbo didn't play it that way. 
Jimbo played it as like this brain dead, brain dead, happy zombie almost. Yeah. And it's like, it was such, it was such a good twist and such a smart twist on that character. I wasn't expecting that because when I got, when I heard the note do the Burton Ernie bit from Bobby, I was like, oh, I don't know if that'll sell on this. But twisting that, pairing and doing it in that way really sold yeah and it really really did an amazing job and i also cannot understate the importance of kasha davis in this kasha was great here too like i thought like uh, like kasha this was her challenge in terms of like i feel like it gave her every positive quality that she exhibits as a drag queen the opportunity to sort of like just be herself had great comedic timing had great sort of like, you know, character work in sort of that regard and, and really nailed it overall. But she just shat the bed on the runway. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Well, okay. Honestly, it wasn't that bad. It was bad. It was bad for all stars and it was bad from the waist down. I thought the top half was pretty. It was very pretty. I thought it did well for the, the net gala theme. Like there was netting involved that was done in a way that I wouldn't necessarily have expected. It so was, like I was fine with that part. It was just the way that it fit her body on the lower half and the way that she did that above the knee skirt with like the weird boot that was mid. Like it was bad it was, on the bottom. It was giving community theater version of uh, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor. Oh my no, God! It yeah, like I said, bottom half was atrocious. Shat the bed on that. I think if she had been more in the theme of the top half of her look, she would have been. She would have won this. Yeah. Um, we then go to the Queen Network News, which is essentially their version of Weekend Update. Yep. Um, Heidi did phenomenal. I really, I like. Yeah. She is really fucking funny in a way that like. She not even just drag race funny, like in terms of her on her original season, like she understood how to deliver it like she was on weekend update and in a way that like like the 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 deep throating joke was funny like it and and like literally made me like belly laugh like it was really top notch Lala did okay, it took her a little bit for her to I sort didn't of, like Lala in this yeah it, she didn't stand out by no. any means um and then kahana as as was it pussy. Pussy fire, pussy galore. No, not pussy galore. Some, pussy something. Something pussy. Um, <laughs> pussy power. I don't know. I don't know. And was the, like the guest and did the cat thing. I actually thought she did good. I get the people being like, you could have been more in more over the top of the character. But I like, didn't need that, but honestly. When you, but when you watch Weekend Update, it would have fit in perfectly. Like, it reminded me of... Um, the iceberg that sunk the Titanic, the yeah. Bowen Yang sketch. Like, Which was absolutely amazing. But it's like, how do you play an iceberg? <laughs> like it's just, yeah. it's just you just yeah, it's it's perfect. But like no, I thought Kahana did good. Phenomenal, no, but I honestly I wouldn't have put her in the bottom. I, I wouldn't have either. I honestly, my bottom two were James Mansfield and La La Ree. Yeah. I agree. Um, and then we also get the um the t- that Jersey talk show where I don't know I remember what it was called with Darian and Alexis. I thought they were gr- they did well with the material they were given. I'm kind of sick yeah. of the Michelle Visage Jersey jokes. It's really yeah. old and not funny. Yeah, 
And but Darian, Darian, I thought particularly was good and like excelled really well. And like, I think also when we see when we are also fans of the Housewives shows and we see how people in Jersey actually are, yeah. And then you see like this, not I'm fine with an overcharacterization that is still accurate, if that makes any sense. Yeah, but like. I don't know when the last time that I saw someone on Housewives of Jersey wear leopard print. It's, yeah. I, you know, I don't, I, that is not indicative of Jersey anymore. That's indicative of Jersey maybe in the 90s, well, but not today. But that's Michelle. Like, that's Michelle's But Michelle era. doesn't, like, but Michelle's the, not even that anymore. But that's my thing. I just don't find Michelle jokes funny. <laughs> I find a lot of the jokes that Drag Race tries to push being decades old yeah and they're just it's like we're in 2023 step your step step your pussy up yeah yeah i agree but for what they were given for uh, what they were given they did great the queens did great i question the writing team yeah exactly um but overall again love this challenge think they should do it more often yeah specifically this challenge i think it's a good test for people um we go to the runway and the category is net gala so net based um looks um we we won't go into costumes anymore because i don't want to beat that dead horse um poor horse yeah it's uh, glue by now I, i would say the two big standouts jimbo going a little like uh you know, matrixy almost. Yeah, cutting edge and doing internet for right. net with the phones and stuff like that. Really, really great. Like high concept, like big, like big um, execution in terms of the of everything. Um, and I thought Kahana looked amazing. <laughs> this yeah. like ice princess, like like this could have been a crowning look. Like she could have been literally crowned this. Yeah, well, she was literally wearing a crown. Yeah, it was like it was so perfect. Which it? isn't that supposed to be a kiss of death on Drag Race? You never wear a crown, is it? I maybe. I mean, it, I feel it, like that's a maybe thing. that's a pageant thing. That I, I, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Like you never wear a crown. It's kind of like in wrestling. You don't put somebody else's belt on. That's bad luck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, like yeah. you just you don't do that. Um, and then I also really like Darian likes uh, basketball look. I thought this was fun for Darian. Darian doesn't like to go crazy with looks a lot of the times. Like she loves a, a gown that goes to the floor mm-hmm. and sort of in that. But I love when she does that, but then takes like makes it so campy and thematic. And see, I didn't even get, I don't know how I didn't get the basketball thing <laughs> before. Cause I saw it and I was like, what is I don't understand this reference. Like, is she like, is that a fishing net or like a butterfly net? What are we doing? I was so confused and I did not see the pattern on her dress. No, I didn't understand that she was a basketball until we watched. uh, What was it? We watched probably fast. No, not fast. Maybe the uh, pit stop. Yeah, it was probably the pit stop. Um, And, I and it just hit me over the head like with a frying pan. I was like, "Are you kidding? How did I miss that?" Yeah, yeah, it it was great. Um, Heidi looked really good. I don't think it particularly red net. Really, because you booted it. <laughs> well, well two, for two reasons. One, I don't think it red net. I thought her hair and makeup were were great. Didn't particularly read net. And this is the part where I was like. Okay, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of the branding. Yeah. There four of the five looks she has done in these two episodes 
she has her fucking gap tooth emblem all over it. And I'm like, I'm done. <laughs> like it's a, it's it, it, place it where it works. But at this point it's like, I, I will say I loved this wig on her. No. Yeah. The wig looked great on her. The, the this wig was, it literally stunning. was the RuPaul wig from the, the no, 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 it's not. Cause this is an undercut, like a side, sure. side cut, very cyberpunk. Yeah. 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 You're right. Like this whole look was very cyberpunk. So you've got like the side shave with the, the dyed bits in it, but it's like platinum blonde and like the undercut on one side. It was so good. The hair was so good. And I think without the emblem, the rest of the outfit was really good. But I agree with you. It doesn't read net. And it needed something to sort of break up all the black. But I just wish it wasn't that logo. Right. Like if it, if it had read more net and hadn't had the logo, I would have shooted this look. Yeah. Like I loved this look. Like It's very cyberpunk, very Asian inspired. Like so up my alley yeah it just it was missing a couple things that i needed to really push it over the edge yeah um so nasha james jimbo heidi and kahana are tops and bottoms uh for the week um yeah i did not understand the positive james critiques even though i love james like i thought i i would have honestly much rather put kasha or darian there yeah like like because I think that while Kasha's look was not good, she deserved to be recognized for being the best person in that challenge. Yeah, I, re- I really think so. Um, like you said, you, I, you, I kind of agree with you. I would have put James and Lala probably in the bottom, but no, the bottom ends up being Nasha and Kahana. Um, and then the top uh, is Jimbo for the week. That obviously I think is well-deserved. I kind of honestly would have liked Jessica in the top as well. Yeah. Um, but... Jimbo, it was definitely well deserved. Um, we they all do their voting, like like we mentioned before. I think they saw their chance to get the our <laughs> specific lip sync assassin. Well, also for the I, week, if not, they had to have had them on ice. Because so, I mean, my theory is is that because this has happened one too many times. Yeah, where the lip sync assassin and the person that wins for the week are oddly paired mm-hmm. like in the super specific way. And it's like, mm, you did this on purpose. Um, and it's happened one too many times. So, I mean, clearly they it have ha- the lip sync assassins on ice waiting for a call from production to find out who won the season or the week. It's like, Oh, Jimbo did good enough. Give her the win. Yeah. Oh, Jimbo's on the top? Great. Call Pangina. Yeah, so Pangina Heels is the lip sync assassin, and Jimbo is immediately like, fuck. <laughs> like Because Pangina famously is the one who sent her home on Canada or on UK versus the world. Yeah. And then was promptly sent home by <laughs> I think it was twofold. I think one, the fact that it that Pangina sent her home on UK versus the world. Two, let's be real. Jimbo was going into this being like if I get someone good, like a, a good enough challenger, I can maybe fake it to a win. But like once Pangina came out, I was like, I'm not winning this lip sync. No. Because Jimbo love, love her for a multitude of reasons. She is a bounce and flounce kind of lip syncer. <laughs> yeah. It was a lot of just like moving across the stage. <laughs> Um, but they, I'm surprised she didn't fall over because she was stumbling around in those platforms. Yeah. Yeah. They lip synced to She Bop by Cindy Lauper. 
Um, Pangina went very comedy with it, which I think w- was the right move. And also, I like Jimbo did a little comedy, like the whole vibrator bit and like the so like. But it was yeah, it was a lot of like just like flouncing around, which I actually find very funny. I also but think that Pangina might have been like, okay, I gotta com- I gotta go comedy with this because that's the only way that Jimbo's gonna have a chance of winning against me. Mm. And I don't want to just, like, wipe the floor with her because then I'm going to get more hate. Like, they talked about how there's literally an entry on... Oh, Wikipedia. On Wikipedia between... Canadian Canadian and and Thailand relations because Pangina sent home Jimbo and Lemon that season. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. But it it was a... Good lips. It was fun, at least. Yeah. <laughs> I had fun. Um, um, but Pangina does end up winning. Um, we then find out, again, Rue gives her five-minute speech again. Didn't need it. Um, and then we find out that Nasha got the group vote to go home. I just think, I mean, it sucks because I did not think Nasha should have been in the bottom. At all. Like, I th- yeah, it was... It was really frustrating. Um, we do find out later that uh, Kasha and Jessica Wilde both voted for Kahana. And and when Nasha was eliminated, Jessica was, like, in tears. Like, you know, they had formed a bond, both being Puerto Rican and yeah. and, and sort of in that regard. So that sucks for Nasha. Um, but, she, but as we mentioned, she'll be part of the fame game. We see Monica's look. Yeah, for the Monica fame game. looked great. She's I like, loved this look. She's like, can I be the most naked possible? Like, <laughs> absolutely. Um, yeah, and so we'll be getting more looks, obviously, from from the queens um, that get eliminated. So yeah, sad to see Nasha go. Overall, I think this has been with the first two episodes. I think this is a really good start to All Stars. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm really. Um, impressed with the group. I think uh, the voting's been fun. The there's a lot of elements that have worked out really well to where I think it's going to be a really fun season. Um, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and when we come back, we are talking about the newest episode of Survivor 44. Don't go anywhere. Well, hello, friends. I'm your pal in the mainstream media. And, and I'm the Riz. And, and you know, Riz, it takes years of strenuous, dedicated training before you're worthy to step inside a professional wrestling ring. But it takes even more time to develop complex, highly astute opinions about professional wrestling. Am I right? That is correct. Yes. And you know where we can combine that? Yes. On the wrestling man. That's right. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And if you're anything like us, you live your life out loud. And when it comes to issues of discrimination, inequity, and outright bigotry, we use every platform we have to speak out against systems of oppression that perpetrate violence against marginalized groups. That's why we are so proud to wear designs from the Survivors Know merch store. Their team has created designs that feature unapologetic, empowering, and survivor-centered messaging that range from mild, like accountability is love and toxicity is not on the menu, to a little more spicy, like one of my favorites, fuck your laws, fuck your system, transformative justice now, which has a cute little happy flower on it. Each design is available on a variety of items from t-shirts and hoodies to bags, blankets, magnets, and even stickers. And as more items become available, the options will continue to grow. 100% of the proceeds go back into supporting the amazing work done at Survivors Know to support survivors, workers, 
and survivor advocates by organizing, challenging the status quo, and creating alternatives to the systems that fail us. Support Survivors Know by shopping today at SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. That's SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at SidekickMediaServices.com. Welcome back to Again His MB. Let's head on over to Fiji for our penultimate episode of Survivor 44. This episode was great. I so loved good. it. Um, and it was tense as fuck. This wasn't like we with the way everything is scheduled, we watched Survivor and then right after Vanderpump Rules airs. And so I was a tense ball of nerves. <laughs> it was lot, great. For the two hours. Like it was like, oh, it was a lot. Um, we come back to camp after Danny's been sent home and Carolyn obviously playing her idol on Carson and, you know, Yam Yam basically is like, I said a hundred times, a hundred thousand times over, if anybody has an idol, it's Carolyn. Like, they're like so impressed that Carolyn was able to sort yeah. of like pull off this move. No one expected it. Uh, and Carolyn is kind of, Carolyn's kind of like word vomiting in the early goings of this, of like explaining like what exactly happened with everything about how, because I think Carson's like, oh, what was the red X or whatever that was on the Tika camp? And she explains the whole, and there's like crossfades in between her talking and Yamin was just like, you're putting a bigger target on your back. Like, what are you yeah. doing? Like, and but Carolyn doesn't realize, Carolyn's still just like, why? I don't think Carolyn herself believes she was able to do it. Even like she was like, so impressed with herself, even yeah. at the end, of, end of the day. Um, Jamie talks about how Carolyn is sort of the prime example of don't judge a book by its cover. And so that's kind of where the tribe is at. But also because of that, now Carolyn's in a tricky spot because it's like, okay, now we know that we, you're not just like a, a goat to take to the end. Like now we got to take you out. <laughs> like, and this is where the tension started. <laughs> yeah. I was like, shit. That, you know, that's the, you know, I think that was the, like, with Jesse last season, that happened, too, where he had yeah. that big moment in, like, final seven or six, probably around the same point. And then it was like, oh, shit, we have to look at him. And then, like, yeah. you know, and then what happened, happened. Um, car, so they're all sleeping, though, and then it, it's about to become daylight. It's still not, it's still dark out, but Carson notices that Heidi then starts stirring. And sees her leave camp and is like, well, she's not going to the bathroom. She's going to look for an idol because yeah, it got flushed clearly. out. Clearly. And then Carson immediately wakes Carolyn up to, to, to go on the hunt. And then everyone starts waking up. So then everyone starts searching. Um, Heidi's like, I, like, if I can get the, the second idol that's out there, I have two idols, which basically means I'm guaranteed final four. Like, yeah. I, like I, you know, it's, it's in the bag in that sense. Um, it's, there's a funny moment where they're all searching and Lauren talk, is talking to Carolyn like, hey, Carolyn, there's something at the top of the tree. Can you get it? And Carolyn's like, are you luring me in? Is this a trap? It turns out it's just a coconut. Yeah, she's like, damn it. Uh, it's, a funny, it's a funny dynamic. I love Carolyn's ability to just sort of cut the humor and, and really sort of like break that down. Um, Yam Yam, Carson, Jamie, and Lauren talk about wanting Final Four and wanting to take out Carolyn. Being like, let's finalize this, essentially. Carolyn, we can't keep Carolyn for another. Like she's. I'm just waiting us. for Carolyn to cut a promo that's like, these gays are trying to kill me. I mean, essentially, yeah. Uh, Carolyn, uh, oh, but Carson is kind of like, 
this is at least where I had some hope where I was like, Carson's like, I kind of want to, you know, I'm pretty loyal to Carolyn. I think a Raw 2 member, either Jamie or Lauren, needs to go next. So Carson's not fully on board. No, but Car- as much as I want Carolyn to win, Carson needs to wake up. He's not winning against Carolyn unless Carolyn is not in the final three. It dep- I've may- I maybe think that he thinks that he can string the narrative better at the end and tell the better story. I mean, he might be able to, but she's just so damn charming. I think he can maybe... Pe- I honestly think he could maybe tell the better story on terms of strategy. I think she can do it better in terms of emotion. Yeah. And she can sort of, like, like tell her personal narrative across the season and why she deserves to win. While Carson might be better at laying out the moves and laying yeah. out the timeline. You know what I mean? Um, we go to the reward challenge, uh, and the reward challenge is basically they're split up into two teams, and uh, they get placed in essentially this giant like hamster ball. One of them does, and uh, the other two uh, members of the team are blindfolded and have to guide the ball through this course. And then once they get to the end of the course, the two blindfolded people have to guide a ball through this like maze. Well, one uh, of the table mazes, but it's the square ones, not one of those long rectangle ones. And the one in the hamster ball has to essentially be like the the collar to mm-hmm. sort of like guide how they they move it. Uh, they get split up with uh, on purple you have Jamie, Heidi, and Carolyn with Jamie as the collar, and then on orange you have Carson, Yam Yam, and Lauren with Carson as the collar. The reward for this challenge is again they get to go back to the sanctuary. They've been reusing the sanctuary over and over again in terms of. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, look, it makes the castaways excited, so... And at least, it get, I guess it's more of a venue than a, like, you know, they change yeah. it up a little bit. They, they're getting foot massages, and then they're getting sandwiches. So we get into the challenge. Um, we were thinking, like, talking about, like, what, what position would you prefer to be in in this? I, I, look, as dizzy as I get, like... Normally, like I have a lot of issues with that sort of stuff. I would have a much better time in the hamster wheel, yeah, than I would um trying to be blindfolded because blindfolding to me triggers like claustrophobia and like I'm like thinking things are sneaking up on me. Like I and we see it, with Carolyn, like you're running into shit and uh, like abs absolutely not. I, Oh, you mean to tell me that I'm strapped down and I'm in perfect, you know, like perfectly safe and know that I'm going to be okay and may get a little bit dizzy, but other than that, I'm fine. Perfect. Absolutely. Sign me up. Yeah. Um, Orange takes a huge lead uh, in the early goings and then literally Carolyn gets lost at one point. Like she loses track of the ball and has to like follow uh, uh, Jamie's voice. To, like, She's get like back. 20 feet behind them on the trail. It's like, where are you, Carolyn? <laughs> yeah. They, uh, like I said, Orange takes a big lead. Purple eventually gets the maze, but like, I also love, they took, like, Purple took like a little branch with them. Like the branch is like. Oh yeah, stuck. it's stuck in the ball or something. It was a mess. Um, but Orange gets ahead enough to where Orange ends up winning. Um, so Carson, Lauren, and Yam Yam. And Yam Yam finally gets a reward, so he's very excited. Um, <laughs> it's very, it's particularly excited with Jeff uh, for getting to eat. <laughs> <laughs> Um, they, so they go to the sanctuaries, the three losers then head back to camp. Um, and Jamie talks about how she sees this as an opportunity, basically to talk with Heidi and Carolyn and convince them to try to break up Tika. So they go to the sanctuary. 
um, they're getting their foot mas- as as they're getting their foot massages. They're starting to talk strategy, and basically about how Carolyn is such this gigantic threat that they need to take out. And Carson's going along in the conversation, but basically, it's telling Lo- he's telling Lauren what she needs to hear at this point to feel comfortable. But he's still in the mindset of like we gotta keep Tika strong with the three. Um, but yeah, I think he doesn't realize at this point that Yam Yam is genuinely very open to taking out Carolyn. Yeah, and I also think that there's a danger into going into such a small game at the end with any sort of tribal alliances still there. Yeah. Like, it uh, is a little late in the game for Tika Strong there, bud. Yeah. <laughs> um, they're at, uh, the rest of them are at camp, and Jamie talks about wanting to take Car- Carson. Carolyn is, um, is telling her that, yeah, yes, I'd be open to that. But he, she's like, I need Carson around for at least one more vote. Yeah. Like, he, she's, not, she's not ready to cut him yet. So it's interesting to see them sort of, like, still have that sort of, like, I think part of it is emotional. Maybe Carson yeah. wouldn't admit it, but definitely with Carolyn, like, part of it is it's sort of an emotional element as well. Um, and then when Jamie walks off, Carolyn talks to Heidi a little bit, and Carolyn tells Heidi, like, I don't think Jamie would cut Lauren. What if we if we get to that part? Yeah, and Heidi essentially wants to do a final three with Carolyn and Yam Yam. Um, the winners. So the oh, this scene. The winners then arrive back at camp, and oh no, yeah, you know exactly what I'm about to talk about. I I don't. I hate that I found this charming. You know what I mean? Like, there was no charm in this. What are you talking about? Yam, they're like, oh, you guys look so refreshed or whatever. And Yam Yam's like, we smell amazing. And Carolyn then goes, can you burp in my mouth in my nose? And Yam Yam does it. Like, <laughs> Absolutely not. Because she's like, I just want to. Straight I, to jail. I just wanted to smell the sandwiches. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> like somehow this charmed me more than James eating that lettuce out of Allie's mouth on Vanderpump Rules. <laughs> like, just somehow. as gross. Just yeah. as nasty. I don't know what the difference is for me, but uh, I, Carolyn's pushing it in terms of like this whole do no wrong in, in my mind with her because, oh, that was almost there. Um, Carolyn tells Carson about Jamie throwing his name out there, right? So let's try to get mm-hmm. Carson in the know. And, you know, Carson's like, okay, they're just trying to split up Tika at this point. Like, you know, that's, that's what their plan is. And Carolyn thinks about, okay, we should take out Lauren. Um, Yam Yam starts talking to Jamie about getting out Carolyn and then is, op- is also open to the idea of Carson down the line. Like, yeah. ca- Carolyn now, and then we can get Carson. Um, it's like, what are y'all pl- There's no down the line left. We're here. Yeah. (laughs) Like, (laughs) what are you talking about? There's not much. Yeah, you're right. There's not much time. Um, You know, and she's like, I'm fine with Carolyn going as long as a Tika member goes home. She would initially was thinking Carson, but like, as you know, Um, Yam Yam tells Jamie, there there was this weird exchange where Jamie's like, I mean, you know, you you can trust me. I'm not lying to you. And Yam Yam's like, yeah, I know when people are lying to me. (laughs) And it was really pointed. I was like, I can sense it. And I'm like, okay, this isn't. And Jamie's like, <laughs> uh, like <laughs> yeah, it's, it was a lot. Um, we then go to the immunity challenge and it's basically sort of an endurance thing where they have to balance a ball on a disc that's being held by two ropes. And then in each time interval, they have to move back a little bit further. So it makes it a little bit more difficult. Um, 
Jamie, Carolyn, and Carson basically drop out fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. Like th- it doesn't last too long for them. Um, you know, the I, uh, Jeff gets another good line in about where like the shady lines that I love from Jeff. And he's like, "It's all about the right touch." And then J- Yam Yam drops his, and he, Jeff just goes, "Yam Yam has no touch at all." And even Yam Yam laughs. <laughs> Um, Lauren and Heidi are the last two left and, and, and they're the only ones to sort of make it to the second leg. Like the, like it's been, it went by pretty quickly. Um, so, but they're on the second leg. Uh, there gets a point where Lauren gets a really close call. There's like a fly that comes like right by her to where like, it it was like, like all, she almost loses it, but it is able to recover. Heidi drops Lauren wins immunity. Uh, so she's safe and automatically makes it into the final five. I was really frustrated too, because that whole first segment, Heidi's ball did not move yeah, Heidi from was, the center of her board. Yeah. Heidi was really good in the, in, in the early goings. And I was kind of thinking like once Carolyn and Carson dropped, I was like, cause it was like those two were the, like the kind of like, you know, target seemingly in the, yeah. in the discussions to where I was like, Oh God, like there needs to be like some, you know, someone who's, uh, another potential target can't win this. Yeah. So yeah. Um, we go back to camp and essentially there is a standoff. Like no one's having conversations. <laughs> They're just cracking these like nut. I couldn't tell what it was. It wasn't like a nut, but it was like some kind of like something. They were just like cracking on the stones or whatever. Mm-hmm. Maybe they just, were like tiny crabs or something, something. Like hermit crabs. And they were just like not talking. <laughs> um, Carolyn and Heidi literally are like, it's weird. Like no one's saying anything. Right. Yeah, it was it was really weird. And then they basically so Carolyn and Heidi want Jamie out. Um, Carson uh, tells uh, the the two other members of Tika to do Jamie, um, and then Heidi kind of joins in on the conversation as well. So they're like, it seems like we have a four, even though they they don't know yet that Yam Yam's got other things on his mind. Um, Lauren and Jamie basically want to take Carolyn out, and Jamie's like, I want to talk to Yam Yam um, about this. And then Yam Yam then relays what he gets to Carson. So now Carson's kind of in the middle at this point. Um, uh, Carolyn comes over uh, and they basically tell her we're all doing Heidi. Like that's the the um, story that they're trying to tell Carolyn to sort of like. Which is funny because they've tried to sell we're all doing Heidi like four weeks in a row. Yeah. It's like, why? Why is Heidi always your your... Like a uh, 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 red herring. Right. And so Yam Yam's now just basically trying to get Carson to flip, right? He's trying to get Carson on his side. Carson's like, I really want the Tika 3 in the end, but, you know, Yam Yam's my number one. So, like, what, you know, I have to maybe take his advice in this. And Yam Yam's like, look, Carolyn will win fire. Like, she's been, pra- she's been practicing fire like crazy. Like, we have to take her out now or we're not going to have another opportunity to take her out. Um, Carson's basically like his gut is saying Jamie, but he tells the MM like, I want to be on your side of this. Um, and then we see also like, as is th- as this part is seemingly kind of settled, Yam is talking his confession about being conflicted now because, you know, I know I need to take Carolyn out, but I've also built a really strong relationship with her. And it's almost like a love, hate brother, sister. Yeah. We've seen it across the whole season. Like, they they fight with each other, but they also they have such a like yeah. clear bond. Um, and basically, he's like, my head's saying Carolyn, but my heart is saying Jamie. And so that's the sort of place I'm at. And he gets really emotional in the confessional. So 
that was like my only bit of hope, but I'm like, okay, but he's like, they're not going to keep Caroline. Like that's, I don't see how that machination ends up. Like we were literally at this point in the, the episode, like, resigned almost yeah we're like, like we were like oh no uh, carolyn's going home and like the sense of dread like there's no way to avoid it and it was like oh god heidi has to play her idol on carolyn but how is she gonna know like it's like yeah um so they go to tribal council and they bring everything to camp from camp to tribal council because i like, guarantee you that was a carson note yeah because they're like we normally go to a separate island and have to start from scratch again so let's bring all our rice and yep and i love that jeff at this point was just like smart enough i'll, I'll let it i'll let it i'll let it stand um you know jamie talks a little bit about how the vote is kind of this vote is kind of about, about jazzing up people's resumes which i mean th- this is also where i was like Alarm bells would be going off in my head if I'm Carolyn. Just like the jazzing up the resumes comment. Then Carson mentioned something about the, like, like uses the term breakup. Yeah. This may be a breakup. And Carolyn immediately is like, huh? Do you see the look on her face as she turned and looked down the, down the line at him? <laughs> it was just like this maniacal, like, I was like, oh God, that's scary. Yeah. Carolyn talks a little bit about, so, and again, the speech that Carolyn was giving here, I was like, oh God, this is her like final sp-. Like it's literally like she she's even, going home. She even at one point in this whole thing goes, is this my goodbye speech? Yeah, it was- <laughs> I was like, no, Carolyn. She talks about how she, you know, it's pro- I think it's proven that you can play both strategic and emotional at the same time. And has was said that when she left, she told her son that she was never going to apologize for crying. And so like that, but like that is so like per- true. And then, like, Jeff immediately then asks Yam Yam, um, you know, how confident he is in the vote tonight. And Yam Yam says, the person leaving tonight is the person who needs to leave for everyone's game. Ugh. And I was like, fuck, no, no. Um, they go to vote. Um, and Carolyn, like, as the, like, Jeff's coming back, he's, like, mouthing to Yam Yam. Like, he's, like she could kind of tell like something's happening. Like it's like, like there's a tension where she can read like, Oh my God, like, is this happening? Um, they come back uh, or Jeff comes back with the, with the votes. Heidi plays her idol on herself. Obviously not the smartest move. I didn't know what Heidi was thinking. I don't know why. Well, I mean, maybe she heard people talking about her like as a, maybe she got, maybe Carolyn informed her of the, the second plan that they, right. That's the closest thing I can think of. Um, but yeah, there's the tension and then we're seeing Carolyn and Jamie votes and it's getting, it's get split two two. And then there's another Jamie vote. And then we find out Jamie's been voted out four to two and literally the biggest sigh of relief. And, and Carolyn mouths over to Carson and Yang goes, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> like Carolyn's like, you were like, she's such a toy with me for, yeah. And yeah. So Carolyn, Heidi, Carson, and Yam Yam all voted for Jamie. So Yam Yam had a change of heart, seemingly. And Carolyn voted, for, or, or, or Jamie and Lauren were the two that voted for Carolyn. Um, Jamie goes home, gets her torch snuffed, and then we do find out that they were right in their assumption they're heading to a new beach, and they have to start over. So now we are at our final five. Next week is the supersized finale. We're getting essentially like three episodes in one. Uh, to, and then we're going to nail it down from five to three, and then we're going to pick a winner. So it's, it's going to be exciting. I'm really happy with this final five. 
Yeah. I would be pretty much happy with I I don't see a path for Lauren winning. Yeah. But like I saw it I saw the rumblings of one early in the season, but it really it didn't pan out the way I thought it would and it just didn't develop. Yeah. I really think the other you know, the other four have have a story to tell. Um, especially any of the Tika people. Yeah. Um, but I think Heidi has done very well in late game. She's had some missteps and I think she, I, sure. Like, like this idol play. And then like some of the, like she's been out, of, she's been wrong on a couple occasions to where she has to tell that story. Yeah. But it's possible. I wouldn't like, I wouldn't mind seeing her winning, but like, I, I think it, I think we are going to get a Tika winner. Yeah. It's going to, to me, I think it's going to be either Carolyn Carson or Yam Yam. Yeah. I think all of them can make a strong case. I think all of them have the potential to. I honestly wouldn't mind them as final three. I don't know how that's necessarily going to happen, but I think it's possible. And and I think, and I think it would At be. At that re- point, I have no clue how the votes split. Yeah. Because Yam Yam has a great story to tell about getting out every single person in a row who put his name down. Right, right, right. Carson has a great story to tell about his prep for this season and how he walked in here the youngest, but also the most prepared and the most ready for this game. Carolyn has a story to tell about leading with her emotions and it getting her all the way to the end in a way that no one else has been able to do on Survivor, really. Yeah. Like, all three of them have compelling stories, and I don't know which way that vote would go. Yeah. It it would be good. It would be a good final tribal. I'd be excited to see it. I I would like to see it. All right, tops and bottoms, tops and bottoms. This week is kind of difficult for me. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. What are you thinking, babe? So I, I think my top, the one that immediately sticks out in my head, I'm going to give it to Jimbo over on All-Stars Drag Race. Um, I, I, I have such a soft spot for Jimbo and think, and literally anything they do is so talented and amazing and, and, and you know, I think delivered so great in, in both episodes, I would say. Um, across the board, really solid stuff. Um, put them on any season. Like they, they, they really can. Honestly. They, they always come up with new things. They always do something that you wouldn't expect them to do. And, and I, I really appreciate that at the end of the day. So, and it's kind of, if I know we said we don't really have a front runner, I would say that's my closest to a front runner on all stars Yeah, right now. So I would say Jimbo. Um, the bottom for this week, I think I, if I'm not mistaken, I think we have the same idea for the bottom so maybe we might it might be better to hold off on that okay and 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 let you go first and tell like do, give us your top tell us your top first and then we'll we'll nail bottoms so oh my god <laughs> <laughs> i walked right into that one <laughs> um anyway so i was tempted to give it to nasha mm-hmm. because i loved what she did um last week and this week um, and I really didn't think that her going home was deserved. Um, but I'm going to give it to Kasha. I know we had problems with her wardrobe this week <laughs> and last week, but look, she's not a look queen. That's not what she does. That's yeah. not her niche. Her niche is comedy. And I think in that niche, she delivered in spades. 
I think she trounced everyone else with the possible exception of Jimbo. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I just, I really would love to see Akasha Davis on SNL in the future. Yeah. I think that would be fabulous. Um, or, you know, a queer SNL sort of thing, you know, created that she maybe is heading or is a regular cast member on. Right. Who knows? Something along those lines. Um, but I, I just really enjoyed, enjoyed her, especially in the second episode this week. Mm-hmm. Really enjoyed her. Um, so let's get to this bottom. Okay. So do we want to say at the same time? Uh, yeah. Okay. One, two, three. The, the drag judges. Race judges. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, Tara. It's the second episode. I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. Like, the, I, I, I feel like I haven't gotten a bad, like, like an egregiously bad judging in a while on drag race where I mean, we had some in this past season that we just watched. I mean a little, but not like this where I was just like, where it was just like, I don't see what you yeah, see. I like, don't, I didn't see it at all this week. I didn't think nature deserved to be the bottom. Didn't, I didn't think, yeah. Yeah. It was, it, it wasn't worthy of a bottom performance. I mean, like I would rather have them nitpick certain things than like, you know, yeah. It's just ugh, frustrating. It felt like they, it was like, well, we know who we want to stay so yeah well and you did you see that um there was a like a titter uh, t- a titter <laughs> there was a, like a titter uh, i said it again a twitter say, say titter one more time <laughs> titter uh there was a twitter feud uh that sparked up after the episode no i didn't see um that. between uh our our favorite season two winner who no longer goes by Tyra Sanchez. Oh, of course. Uh, who came after Nasha. Um, really? And th- it was a knockdown drag out. Uh, anybody who did not see that, go to uh, Nasha's Twitter and follow that thread because it it is an entirety of Nasha being classy and someone else showing their ass. Yeah. But they do that on the regular, so it's fine. It's fine. It's on brand. <laughs> it's on brand. Um, yeah. So I don't. I feel like Nisha deserved a little more time. I, I yeah. It, it is frustrating to see, but hey, that's Drag Race. Yeah. Hey, thanks for tuning into this episode of A Gay and His Envy. Join us next time for more of our recaps and hot takes, and be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you are listening, and check us out on our social media at A Gay and His Envy on all the platforms. A special shout out to Shane Ivers, who wrote Pulsar, the song we use for our theme. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And And we're we're out. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.